Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Sam Price. We're finally doing it. <laughs> uh, I finally got this podcast off the ground. I've been meaning to do a podcast for a while now. I've been wanting to do one for over a year. And uh, just real quick, there's a few things I want to hit on on this first episode. But real quick, I want to tell you guys how this actually came about. Because these last couple weeks have been uh, instrumental in me putting this all together. Um, so I've been wanting to do a podcast for over over a year now. And if you don't know, if this is your first time ever hearing of me, I'm Sam Price. I'm from Fort Smith, Arkansas. I'm a comedian, poet, hip-hop artist, uh, public figure, political activist. Um, I, I, I do a bunch of stuff. <laughs> we'll say that. I do a lot of things. And um, some would argue well, some would argue not. But I always wanted to, I've been wanting to start a podcast because I felt like it was a media, it was a form of media that I could use to get my opinions out and, and have people react and activate some people and find out what other people think about, you know, some things. Because I think it's important that we all mix our viewpoints and we figure out how we all feel about certain things. Me being very active on social media, I seem to have opinions that people respond to, even if they don't agree. People can respond to me in such a manner that allows us to have a conversation. And I felt like a podcast was a good avenue for me to put my opinions out. So originally, when I first thought about starting a podcast, this has been over a year in the making because originally I kept bouncing back and forth on ideas. I figured I should start a podcast that was about something I'm interested in, uh, something that I can talk about a lot, and something that people want to hear about. Uh, Finally, not too long ago, probably like a month or so ago, I, I finally settled on a subject matter. And for that past year, I'd been bouncing back and forth between doing a podcast about comedy, doing a podcast about politics, doing a podcast about uh, music, doing a podcast about all these different subjects, uh, you know, because I have so many interests and so many things that I want to talk about, entertainment, pop culture, uh, things that I'd like to talk about. And I finally settled on doing a political podcast with more of a political spin to it. And uh, about a month ago, I just started working towards putting that together. So for that past year, I was thinking that my issue was I just never planned it out enough. I kept thinking I kept starting a podcast and I never actually went through with recording an episode, releasing an episode, doing any artwork, releasing the trailer, anything like that. I never actually got to that point. I just kept planning. So I was like, well, maybe I haven't planned enough for some reason in my head. I was thinking that. And so for this, for Unapologetically Sam, the podcast that we have now, I actually had, I had like five episodes written out and I just couldn't record. Like I, I just kept writing and I was like, I, I have to have this planned perfectly. And I, I kept writing. I have five episodes written out of just political material. And, and I finally came to the realization that that's not the podcast that I'm supposed to do. Of course, I still want to talk about some political things. I still want to talk about some of the local things going on in my community. I still want to talk about all of these subjects I'm interested in, but I can't just do it from a political viewpoint. I had to take everything in my head, take everything that I'm interested in, and instead of focusing on a specific subject, I should become the subject. So this podcast is basically going to be my viewpoint on so many different things, so many different subjects, pop culture, entertainment, whatever I see that's happening around me. And I appreciate you guys so much for tuning in Uh, for the first time ever. And without further ado, welcome to Unapologetically Sam.
Awesome, awesome. I made that theme song myself. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't make it. I mixed it. A bunch of different things. It, it doesn't matter. So, first thing I wanted to get into was, like, the big thing happening right now, which is obviously coronavirus, or, for the more distinguished folk, COVID-19. Um, and I don't really want to get into too much about coronavirus. I just wanted to talk about um, sort of just the culture that we have uh, that's leading to some of the friction that I see regarding coronavirus. The biggest thing that I wanted to tell everybody was let's just make sure that we stay safe, we stay vigilant, and that we have all of the necessary information that we need to make sure that we're protecting ourselves and protecting our neighbors. Because that's the biggest thing, man, is just making sure that us and our neighbors are taken care of. Um, I truly believe that's our purpose here on this earth, is to just take care of each other and take care of the earth. So I feel like everything else is just noise. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like coming from both sides of the argument, the people that are saying don't reopen, we're reopening too soon. And the people that are saying you guys are stupid, you don't have enough information, you don't know what you're talking about. I feel like there's just too much coming from both sides and that all of us should just settle in the middle and agree. Let's take care of ourselves. Let's take care of each other, regardless of how we feel about the situation. Uh, this is something that's important that we come together as a community, as a as a nation, as a world, and just make sure we're all taken care of and make sure that we're taking care of one another. Um, take the precautions, you know, wear your mask if you're going in public. It's not going to kill you to take a few less trips to Walmart, you know, and to wear a mask when you're in public. That's not going to kill you, but it might kill someone else if you don't. And that's the important thing that we have to remember. Anything that be, that can be done, anything that can be done to mitigate risk should be done. Just think about if it's your your grandmother you're trying to protect, or your sister, or your daughter, or your son. Um, there are people that legitimately have that fear, and you can argue whether or not you know whatever you want to say. If you want to say it's all a conspiracy, or if you want to say that everybody that's not doing everything that they can possibly and want to reopen the government are ignorant. Whichever side of that argument that you're on, let's all just meet in the middle and say, hey, let's let's take these precautions to mitigate risk and move forward with taking care of each other in mind. And that's basically all I had to say about the coronavirus thing, man. Uh, just make sure we're doing what we can to take care of each other. That's why we're here, right? Hey, guys, it's me again. This is actually an ad break. Being this is the first episode and the first ad break, I wanted to let y'all know what's going to happen during these ad breaks throughout the duration of Unapologetically Sam. Shameless plug, I'm also involved in other forms of entertainment. You can find me on social medias at Sam, S-A-M-M, Price E-N-T, at Sam Price E-N-T, uh, and I do music, comedy, poetry. So during some of these ad breaks, I'll be playing my own material for you. Uh, if you like what you hear, go check me out on social media, but I also like to support other local artists. So there are some times where I'll play songs from other artists that are locally where I am. And if you like what you hear from them, I'll have their stuff posted up on the Unapologetically Sam social media sites. Uh, so if you like what you hear, go support, go listen to these guys on the major streaming platforms, because I just wanted to give you listeners a taste of what the music, the comedy, and the poetry sounds like where I'm from. Uh, we, have we have a scene, 
It's not robust, but we're growing. And I wanted to support them as well. So if you like what you hear, go check out their social medias. I'll have everything on the Unapologetically Sam pages. For this episode, I just dropped a new single with my man Cody Kirby, who's also local. Uh, I'm going to be playing clips of that for you during each ad break. It's called Cheat Code, so enjoy. One subject that I did want to touch on today is something that people call a call-out culture. You know, uh, last year, uh, former President Barack Obama had a speech where he famously discussed call-out culture, and we'll we'll go to that real quick. But I do get a sense sometimes now among certain young people, and this is accelerated by social media, there is this sense sometimes of the way of me making change is to be as judgmental as possible about other people. And that's enough. Like if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right or used the word wrong verb or then I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself because man, you see how woke I was? I called you out. <laughs> that's not activism. That, that's not bringing about change. Right. So this is something that I definitely agree with. Uh, I think we're in an era where we all feel like we need to have all of the information uh, to be more informed than the next person. And I won't say that information doesn't matter because information is really important. But how are you using that information is the question that I would ask. Are you using that information to let somebody know that you're smarter than them or are you using that information as a tool to try and inform more people? I think if you're just using that information as a weapon uh, to attack others who may not know as much as you do on the subject or who may have a different opinion than you on the subject, I don't think that's being very productive, just for me personally. And I'm saying this coming from the viewpoint of a person who's been that person. You know, I, I, I've participated in call-out culture. I've called people out, uh, especially living where I live and having the opinions that I have. I've participated in calling people out and saying, hey, you don't have this information. These are not the facts. Knowing full well that what I was saying would not be productive for that person to uh, understand my viewpoint anymore. I just wanted to express that they didn't know what they were talking about. And I don't think that's very productive. And I've learned from that as I grew. And it's just it just further divides us whenever you try to bestow your wisdom upon somebody as though they don't have all of the same resources that you have or if or as though they're not on that level and they can't understand those things that you're talking about um, I don't think that helps uh, and that's coming from someone who's who's participated in that um, so that's just something that we have to learn going forward you know um, I don't think call out culture is great I think the intent of call out culture is to hold people accountable for the information that they share, for their actions, for the things that come out of their mouth. But the issue with call-out culture is the way that that's done is not by calling them out and, and blasting them. It's by 
you know, treating them as a person who is on the same moral level that you are, that is on the same intelligence level that you are and saying, hey, let's sit down and talk about this because what you're saying, what you're doing can hurt people. And I think in that instance, you do have a you do have a point where, you know, people people can learn, people can change, people can grow. Uh, We all do. So if there is something that needs to be called out, uh, talk to that person as though talk to that person as though you're talking to your sister, your brother, your mother, your father. Talk to that person as though they're a cherished family member to you and you want them to understand that what they're saying can be harmful. Uh, talk to that person the way that you would want them to talk to you if what you were doing could be harmful. And also realize sometimes you, you're you not right. You know, it, it just because you have a difference of opinion from someone doesn't mean that your opinion is correct and their opinion is automatically wrong. There's a lot of gray area and a lot of things that we do. Nobody's right 100% of the time, even though we feel like it. You know, our experience shapes our ideology. So our experience is different from someone else's experience, though. Just because you had different experiences and you think different things about the same subject doesn't mean that either of you is necessarily right or wrong. Uh, It's just just keep these are things to keep in mind when you're moving forward and having conversations with people, when you're talking to people, when you're trying to get people to understand your viewpoint. Just realize they grew up different than you. They're not the same person as you. And they think about things differently. Hey, guys, it's me again. This is actually an ad break. For this episode, I just dropped a new single with my man Cody Kirby, who's also local. Uh, I'm going to be playing clips of that for you during each ad break. It's called Cheat Codes. I didn't know you was a freak, though. The mother fellas couldn't handle it. But you ain't never had me, though. We've been talking about it all day long. You done put me in beast mode. You really trying to play games with me. But didn't know I had the cheat code. It go left, right, up, down, inside out. Girl, it go left, right, up, down, inside out. Got me using my controller, controller. Cause I really wanna show ya, wanna know ya, yeah. I wanna know you left, right, up, down. Speaking of call out culture, there is a subject that I wanted to touch on because it seems to be gaining some news uh, again. Because <laughs> this is something that's been in the news before with call out culture and, and, and people trying to call this out, saying that it's hypocritical. Let's talk about Robert Downey Jr.'s role in Tropic Thunder. So people have been tweeting. I guess some people are just now realizing that Robert Downey Jr. Uh, wore blackface in Tropic Thunder and played a white actor, a white Australian actor who was playing a black guy. In the movie, he played a white Australian actor that was playing a black guy. Some people are upset about this, and I think this is one of those things that we could chalk up to call-out culture. Um, People are saying that Robert Downey Jr. should be canceled, and this is, you know, that movie came out, what year did Tropic Thunder come out? Tropic Thunder came out in 2008. I want to go back to an interview that happened in 2017 on the Joe Rogan podcast uh, with Jamie Foxx. Uh, Jamie Foxx is good friends with Robert Downey Jr. And he had this to say on Joe Rogan's podcast about Robert Downey Jr.'s role in Tropic Thunder. Well, Robert Downey Jr., just from Tropic Thunder, think about that. You can never do that anymore. You can't have blackface anymore. Yeah, you know what? I- I'll say this. People have to understand where it comes from. There are real people out there that really mean you harm, like outside of us. I mean, there's some real people who really don't fucking like you. 
whatever you are, whether you're black, you're white, you're, you're straight, you're gay, whatever it is. There's some people who really don't like We're the entertainment, and it's easy. We're easy targets. We're easy. It's easy for you to jump on Robert Downey Jr. or Jamie Foxx or Joe because it's easy. You know, when it's real things, which, you know, whether it's politics or whether it's whatever, a lot of times we, we sort of, we're not ready for that fight. You know, we got to be able to do character. What kind of blowback did he get from playing the black dude? None. Because we fucked with him. It was before him. The Wire, too, though. It was like, what, what year was Tropic Thunder? I feel like that was like 10 years ago. It was a while. But, but, but here's the thing. We fuck with Robert Downey Jr. Like, that's our guy. It's sort of like the entertainers, man. We, sh we, you gotta give us room. You know what I'm saying? Like to, to play in it. I'll show you when I. Well, oh, you I gotta take that room. You gotta take it. <laughs> so Jamie basically chalked it up to uh, we like Robert Downey Jr., so we allow him to do these sort of things. But I want to take a different viewpoint on it. Um, I think you know that may have to do with it. We do, I, and I don't want to speak for all black people, but as a person who has a lot of black people around him i don't really know any of my friends or family members that don't like robert downey jr so that can play into it a little bit that we have respect for the man and that we actually understand that what he's doing is not from the viewpoint of trying to be racist or or trying to use the historical illusion of blackface to convey a different type of point what robert downey jr did in tropic thunder was the most accurate definition of satire that uh, you could have in Hollywood. It was pure, unfiltered satire. And I think there has to be space for that satire. As, as Jamie Foxx and Joe Rogan were discussing, there has to be a space for entertainers to create. And satire is something that is extremely important. Uh, satire is so important to just the overall culture of, of the world. Uh, if you're not able to poke fun at things, then there's no way that you're ever going to be able to, to to do anything. Comedians have always caught flack about where to draw the line when it comes to satire. And I don't think this is it. Like, I think this is a fight that you're going to lose nine times out of ten because there was nothing that Robert Downey Jr. did in Tropic Thunder that... And I don't want to tell people when they can and can't be offended. But his role in Tropic Thunder was not perceived to be offensive. It, it was satire, is what it was. The reason Robert Downey Jr.'s role in Tropic Thunder is different from Chad and his frat boys uh, donning blackface for Halloween costumes at the Halloween party is because those are, you're not, what you're doing there is not satire. That's not satire. You're not poking fun at a serious subject with a bigger message behind it. You're not doing that. What you're doing is you're celebrating. A, a method that was used historically uh, to disenfranchise black people. And a lot of times, I don't want to say every time because I don't know people's intentions, but a lot of times, whenever people don blackface as Halloween costumes, they're only doing that because they want to take a shot at PC culture, or what they call PC culture, which is political correctness. Um, and just a second on PC culture, a point that I want to make. So a lot of people have an issue with what they call PC culture, political correctness. Um, and people say, people use arguments like 50 years ago, this wasn't a problem. No, 
It was. Like like with racist mascots on teams and things. They're like, 50 years ago, this was never an issue. No, it was an issue. It's just that those people were so disenfranchised that they weren't allowed to speak that opinion. And even if they did, you wouldn't listen to them whenever they told you, hey, we're not a mascot, you know? And now, when everybody has a voice and we have, you know, this this super connected age that we're in where everybody is able to express their opinion and people are able to come together and say, hey, I've always had an issue with this. And there are other people that are like, oh, I did too, but I could never say anything about it. We are in an era of connectivity that's never been seen. So these racist things that you see that people have an issue with that we keep chalking up to PC culture, it's not PC culture. It's always been offensive. It was always offensive the entire time. You just weren't listening to black people and Native Americans when they were telling you, hey, that's offensive. Or, or they weren't allowed to say that for fear of repercussions. You know, they, they had no say back then. They weren't allowed to say, hey, don't put blackface on because that's not cool. Nobody would care. Nobody would have listened to black people in 1952 if they would have said stop putting blackface on. I don't know. That, that argument bewilders me because I get confused because people are like, it wasn't an issue that long ago. It was an issue. You, the people in charge didn't care. So just that point real quick. But yeah, so as far as Robert Downey Jr. wearing blackface in Tropic Thunder, that's the most pure form of satire, right? The difference between that and the folks doing it at Halloween parties, the folks doing it at Halloween parties are doing it to be offensive. Um, their intent behind that is they're using a method or they're using a practice that was historically used for racist purposes to convey their dissatisfaction with people having an issue with things that are offensive. And that's just a weird viewpoint. So it's the same thing with, like, people bring up white chicks in this argument of blackface all the time. White chicks is another form of satire. When it's actual satire done right, most of the time people don't have an issue with it. I don't want to speak for everyone, but for the masses, because it did well in theaters, it didn't seem as though white people had an issue with white chicks when it came out. It was only used as a retaliatory device Whenever people bring up blackface, they're like, oh, but what about white chicks? Okay, white chicks is satire, Tropic Thunder is satire. And that's the reason why most people are comfortable with those things. Most people are comfortable watching those things and laughing at them because they're actual satire. So sometimes calling people out for being intentionally offensive or even unintentionally offensive can be a good thing if done correctly, if you're not doing it maliciously to to show the world that you're a better person than that person, that I feel like that's malicious, you know, and, and people are not going to agree with me. That's fine. But uh, Joe Rogan used a phrase in that interview that I liked. He said, uh, sometimes people call others out for recreational outrage. And that's an interesting phrase when you think about it, recreational outrage. Sometimes people are mad just recreationally because they can be mad and it's something that that passes their time to go online and complain about these things. That's the part where I feel like if you're just recreationally mad at people, if you're just mad at people to pass your time, if you're just calling people out just because you can and you have no intention of changing their mind for the better or speaking to them as another human being or making them feel like you care about them and that's why you want them to have a more informed or a uh, more inclusive opinion about whatever subject matter you're on, if you're just calling them out for your own fun, um, you shouldn't do that. That should be stopped, you know? 
And I've been that guy, so I can say sometimes it's funny to go online and to troll people and to to call out people that don't know as much as you, to call people stupid, all of this stuff. But if we're thinking about things in a mature way, if we're actually trying to take care of each other, to bring our to bring each other together, um, that's not something that we can participate in. Hey guys, it's me again. This is actually an ad break. For this episode, I just dropped a new single with my man Cody Kirby, who's also local. Uh, I'm going to be playing clips of that for you during each ad break. It's called Cheat Codes. I didn't know you was a freak though. The mother fellas couldn't handle it. But you ain't never had me though. We've been talking about it all day long. You done put me in beast mode. You really trying to play games with me. But didn't know I had the cheat code. It go left, right, up, down, inside, out. Girl, it go left, right, up, down, inside, out. Got me using my controller, controller. Cause I really wanna show ya, wanna know ya, yeah. I wanna know you left, right. Alright, last thing that I wanted to hit on. In an interview, Brandon T. Jackson, who co starred with Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder, he had a phrase in an interview, which I know he didn't mean this maliciously. So I'm not I'm not saying that this phrase was wrong or anything, but it was an interesting phrase. Let's go to the interview. <laughs> what do you movies. mean, you people? Yeah, <laughs> one lottery ticket. I was mad for real. Rob, Robert Don Jr. was black all day, for real. <laughs> <laughs> so about, he came to the set. You know what's funny? I know I know what meth. I was 23. Uh-huh. When I did that movie, I was, and I look like I still look the same age. Uh, um, yeah, bro, I, you I, do. I, I never aged. Yeah. Cocoa butter and Jesus. That's what I did. So what Brandon T. Jackson said right there that was interesting to me was he said Robert Downey Jr. is black for real. And this ideology is interesting to me, not to say that it's wrong or right or or whatever you may think about it. You know, everyone's going to have their opinions about how they feel about this. But I did want to touch on this because I've been guilty of this myself, of saying, you know, white people are black for real based on, you know, their actions or what they say or their mannerisms or how they conduct themselves. What is black for real? You know, is there do you have a code of things that defines being black? Serious question, uh, because I think everyone in their head has an image of, of what a black person is, of how a black person behaves, of how a black person speaks, how a black person conducts themselves. Everyone in their head has an image of what a white person is, how a white person behaves. And, and for every race, you know, everyone has their idea basically based on a combination of things, based on, uh, you know, what we've seen in our own experience, what we've seen in the media, on television, in movies. Um, all of these things shape what we think a black person is supposed to look, sound, and act like. What we think a white person is supposed to look, sound, and act like, and a Hispanic person and an Asian person, and so on and so forth. So my question about this, this line of thinking is at what point is me being black and me being me two different things? Um, a great point that I've seen on this is from Carlton from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, there's a clip from the show where he explains, basically has to explain his blackness uh, to another black person. And we'll go to that clip real quick. You think I'm a sellout. Why? Because I live in a big house where I dress a certain way? Or maybe it's because I like Barry Manilow. So he been Barry White, y'all. <laughs> Being black isn't what I'm trying to be. It's what I am. 
I'm running the same race and jumping the same hurdles you are, so why are you tripping me up? You said we need to stick together, but you don't even know what that means. If you ask me, you're the real something. Yeah, so one of the most interesting things that he said there is being black is not what I'm trying to be. It's what I am. Um, and I know myself and other black people that have had to prove their blackness um, to other black people, but also to white people. And it, it's just it's weird to me that anybody from any race would have to prove that they're from that race based on how they speak, act and talk. Otherwise, they're called a sellout or they're told that they're trying to act like they're a member of a different race. That's that's really weird to me, especially when it comes to black people talking to other black people and telling them they talk white or they act white. Um, I've learned over the years, whenever people say these types of things to me, I've learned to ask them questions about it. You know, uh, the last few times I've been told you talk white or you, you act white. I've asked them, Hey, what does white look and sound like? Uh, and the most popular answer that I've gotten is it's because you pronounce your words really well. You, you speak so well. And I'm like, so is that a white trait? Is it a white trait to pronounce your words, to enunciate your vocabulary? Is that a white thing? And for the most part, they'll answer yes. And a lot of times this sparks a bigger conversation where we can go into talking about how throughout their experience and the things that they've seen on TV, in the media, in movies, white people are always portrayed to be the more intelligent race, Right. They're always portrayed to be all, any trait that traces back to intelligence usually falls onto a white person in movies and TV and, and you know, growing up. One of the most interesting things that I've ever seen is uh, there was a study done. I think it was by CNN and they have a group of kids and they sit a group of kids in a room and they give them baby dolls of varying shades and they ask them, which one is the good doll? And all of the kids point to the, the whitest one. Because white is portrayed to be good is what they're being taught. That's what they're being conditioned to know is that white is portrayed to be good. And then they ask which one is the bad doll. And all of them point at the black one. Even the black kids point at the black one. Because black is portrayed to be bad. That's what we're being conditioned to know. There are some times where I have these conversations with people and they they have a hard time acknowledging that they've been taught these things. That we've all been taught these things. Uh, from a young age, white is good, black is bad, or that white is intelligent and black is dumb or stupid or things like that. And, you know, it's it's something that's hard to come to grips with. Uh, it's something that I had to study for a while before I was like, you know, I, I think I have some of those same, uh, I think I have some of that same ideology in my own head. You know, I, I make the same types of assumptions when I see certain people. You know, just in general, I feel like I'm more if I if I sit here and think about it, I feel like I'm more likely to feel threatened from another black person than I am from a white person. And that's just something that I've been conditioned to know that black people are more threatening than white people. I'm <laughs> I famously had a conversation with one of my white friends that I don't feel like I can lose a fight to a white dude. Like it doesn't matter. I just don't feel like a white dude could beat me up. And that's obviously not true, right? <laughs> that's obviously not true. But in my head at the time, because I was like a teenager, at the time in my head, I was 100% convinced 
that white people are not as threatening as black people. That if I got into a fight with a white dude, I wouldn't have an issue because I'm black. And as funny as that is, that's just as dangerous because that's working within that same ideology that black people are bad and white people are good or, or you know, black people... Uh, Key and Peele have a, a good skit about this where they there's like uh, football announcers and they're listing traits for black people and they're listing traits for white people and all the traits for the white players uh, has something to do with their mental intelligence. It's like, oh, he's cerebral. You know, he's he's a genius on the field. He's he's a field general. And then they list traits for the black people and it's all athletic traits. They're like, oh, he's a he's not human. He's a speed demon or he's a. He's an athlete. He's a great athlete. And and that's just, that's part of how the media has trained us to believe, to believe certain traits about certain people are true. And that's just, that's just a dangerous thing to fall into. For me, myself, I'm, I'm well-spoken. I, I would agree with that. I'm well-spoken. I, uh, I consider myself fairly intelligent. I, I watch anime. Uh, I also play football and basketball, you know? Uh, I, I, listen to Green Day, I listen to <laughs> Metallica, I listen to, you know, all different types of music, uh, and I also rap, you know, and it's, I don't think at any point we should box each other in, we should ever say, these are the things that you do if you're white, and these are the things that you do if you're black. I know plenty of black people who listen to rock music, I know plenty of black people who listen to country music, I love country music, I know plenty of white people who listen to rap music, and I don't think either of them is trying to act like the other. I think they're all just being themselves. Uh, And I just think in this time that we're in, if we could all just go back to being ourselves and being comfortable with who we are and being comfortable with allowing other people to be who they are, uh, then we'll all be better off, you know? I think I've talked long enough. And um, if you guys have any ideas, you guys have anything you want to say, go ahead and hit me on social media at Unapologetically Sam. I appreciate y'all tuning in so much. This first premiere episode was, uh, this was crazy to get off the ground. (laughs) Uh, I finally got it off. I'm so glad I could do it. I'm going to be doing this three times a week. And as of right now, I don't know how the post schedule works. Like, I don't know if when I post, it goes up immediately. But when I post this first episode, I'll be able to let you know. But I'm going to be recording on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday of every week. And I'll try to post it immediately after I record every episode. And we'll see when it pops up. After I find out when it pops up, I'll tell you guys what regular days we're going to be on. But it's going to be three days a week for sure. Catch all of this and more on at Unapologetically Sam on any social media that you have, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Also, check out the other stuff that I do, because I do other stuff, too, at Sam Price, S-A-M-M Price, P-R-I-C-E-E-N-T. And you'll see the music that I'm involved in, the comedy that I'm, I'm involved in. And I also, you know, do a few things politically. And we'll get into some of that. I'm excited to finally get it up and rolling. And this first episode, this is going to go real fast, guys. So, <laughs> like, after this episode, two days later, we're going to have a new episode. Um, eventually we'll get to the point where we're doing this daily, but this is sort of a time consuming activity and I got a kid at home. So, and I got to go to work. So it's just something that we're squeezing in every other day or three days a week as of right now. But eventually we'll, we'll get on to doing it more and I'll have some guests on. I'll do a couple episodes where it's just me and my friends in the room discussing a bunch of stuff. Uh, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a blast. I'm so glad you guys tuned in. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. With that being said, until next time, this is Unapologetically Sound.
Behold these 